If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! <gasps> That crescendo. Brian Adams only worked his whole life for this one song. He's like, you know what? I'd just rather photograph stuff. I don't want to sing it anymore. All right? Stop asking me. Is that what he's into photography? Yeah. He's a world famous photographer now. There's your first trivia question, folks. What is Brian Adams doing with himself these days? Yeah, he doesn't tour. He does uh, photography. But he does. he's got covers to... Major magazines. And it's such. weird. Usually, when we do this podcast, I have like not spoken the entire day until I get here, and I think today I might set the record for the most I've talked in a single day in R- about twenty years. Why? Just By the day, the day, the day, because we went to a press conference, then had a luncheon, then we did a community event, and now we're podcasting, and I got to work tonight. Oh so yeah, I'm going to set the record for most words spoken in a single day by me. And I'm in literally the exact same position. And then we, we actually had somebody sit down uh, to lunch, which is pretty intimidating to just sit down with two people who are having lunch, talking to each other, and say, I'm going to have lunch with you. Yep. And uh, proceeded to... Have lunch with us. Have lunch with us. <laughs> so we talked. It was uh, enthralling. It must be you. You give off that vibe, that approachable, come talk to me vibe. I give off the vibe of, like, I don't need anyone... Please don't come near me. <laughs> ...to ever speak to me. I ever. am not looking for your friendship. <laughs> I'm looking to eat this sandwich. I want to eat my sandwich. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we've been doing a lot of talking today. Yeah, a lot of talk. Well, we got to get we got even more talking to do. I go today. weeks without meeting anybody new today. All right. So <laughs> I got to I have so much to get to today. There's there's a lot to get to and nothing <laughs> you to get rem- to. You remind me of uh Colin Cowherd. He starts off every show is like we got 
We got so much to get to. So today. much to there's get so, to, folks. There's so much to get to. Literally, news is like dead this time of there's year. Nothing there's nothing going, going, on, going on at all. Everybody's like, on the beach. We got so much to get it's to. Ninety-eight today. degrees outside, <laughs> like, and everything is melting. And nothing to report on. <laughs> there's, there's, <laughs> we're like, look, I'm not the baseball saying I'm scanning my phone to here. have something to talk about in the next three <laughs> minutes. I'm just saying. Folks, listen. We've got so, so much to going get to on today. today. I've got. You know, I love ska. We got. I, uh, I love ska. I love ska. Um, big fan of um, such beautiful music. Beautiful <laughs> music. Uh, London beautiful Calling. Album. Beautiful album. You know, he's probably memorized a dozen songs now because he's a politician. They've right, gone back right. and they, said, they "Look, gave look, him look, all look, the information. look, look, look." look. Here's your clash highlights. All right, go with these four small tracks, these four deep tracks, and then uh, we're gonna give this little quaint, you know, seventy-one live album. Once Elon Musk's Neuralink company, he'll be able to just download that list in the middle of the conversation right to his brain, so it could be like, what songs, and then he could just read the list right down London Calling. I don't like this. He could tell you track number, how long it is. Oh, you know, track minutes, eight and four minutes and 36 seconds. It's going to sound like the biggest Clash fan ever. Politicians <laughs> will never have to worry about anything like that again. He'll be like, you like Scott? I love Scott. Love Buddy, Scott. Buddy, Buddy Boston's real big oh, fish. <laughs> I saw, <laughs> I saw these like guys the back in Boston in 92. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you should have seen that. Oh, concert. the encore. Oh, at I, was, the, uh, I could picture the visual right now. Mary, the bartender, she was hooking <laughs> us up with drinks all night. <laughs> It's going to be like that. They they said uh, 2042, Drew. Did you hear that date? Scientists are predicting they will have mapped the brain and we will be ready to roll. At one with uh, technology in our brains by 2042. How how long do I have? I have 20 years left. 21 years left. So how old will I be? No, you got uh, 22 years. Yes, I'll be 63. 23 years. Can't complain. Nobody writes songs about sixty-three-year-old men. Yeah. <laughs> you will have lived your life. It's true. No, I, I, I think we already came to the conclusion that. very recently that we're already at that stage. No one gives a rat's butt what happens to you from this point forward. It's not sad anymore. No. Now, now it's just no, like all right. A, you know, you might not even read the article. That's <laughs> <laughs> you gloss over. Just so you know, you might hesitate. Might not read the article. Certainly not making the effort to go anywhere with you. Um, all right, you want to fire away with your first quizzo, official quizzo question that's not Brian Adams related? Yeah, sure. Please. Uh, 16-year-old Kyle Giersdorf yeah. won $3 million sure did, dollars for winning what World Cup? The Fortnite World Cup, Nick. This is the uh, the biggest prize. I, I had this in the quiz, so you were about to get it ah. in the sports round. So one of those. You know what his nickname is? Uh, something with a G, but I can't remember exactly. G in the middle of it. Yeah, no, remember. I don't remember. Booga. Booga. Right. Booga. It was yeah. Booga. Right. He's Booga online. Right. Okay. Good for him. He's the best Fortnite player. Yeah, he is. He. he uh, Does it bother you at all that this kid by sixteen has figured out a way to like win a three million dollar? Well, so run? here's He's what's interesting about something? esports, right? So here's what's interesting. You peak at sixteen, right? The oh, older you get, the, the harder it is to keep your uh, senses. Capable of well, well, reacting well, that plus fast. Plus girls, uh, everything. Plus well, everything. Yeah, plus, <laughs> oh, plus girls. He see he hasn't he hasn't found girls yet. Buka is got Fortnite, but now Wanting he's got three million dollars. Wanting to get the base yeah. has caused such a dilemma with me getting good at things. Uh, right, you wouldn't even understand, folks, what second base means what? versus progress in life. But but here's the thing: what's crazy. So Nick, my question to you was: 
what was now the largest prize pool ever awarded for a single sporting event? That's the largest? Yeah. It beats the PGA. Oh, wow. it, it beat everybody. There's nothing now that has ever won someone more money. Well, did money. you see how many people started off in this competition? Yeah. Four million. Hundred. Well, the hundred to qualify to get down to the four that made right, it. Right, but to the, at the very beginning yeah, of the Well, that's yeah. who plays. There's the there's like a hundred million people that are What a number. I mean a hundred million. Yeah, it's people. unbelievable. And now there's another game, Apex Legends, that's coming on that's uh, extremely popular that's going to happen. So that's the largest single, largest prize for any single sporting, individual sporting event. Yeah, top. So there's no race car event? No. It's the highest prize pool ever awarded for a single event. Wow. So higher than the Kentucky Derby. Everything. What are the ratings on something like that? It was off the charts. They had just ridiculous metrics across the board. Just the engagement's ridiculous. It's it's look if you don't understand what esports is now, now you do. Yeah. Now you got to put it in context. That, of, but now it's in its infancy. <clears throat> yeah. It's still in its what would you call it? the inner outer circle as we were talking yes, about. Yes, it is the inner outer. We're in the inner outer, outer, outer or the yeah. outer inner. We're the outer inner, but it's <laughs> the inner outer for right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the esports revolution has certainly come in a lot of different its ways, way but it's it's oh, there's no question. It's the number one growth sport in the world. Do you think fantasy sports is on its way down? Not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. I had that thought just a couple of days ago because I was like, this is getting aggravating with the holdouts. There's and more the there's more things coming that are gonna the... detract your attention. So right. and I do think fantasy sports will suffer with sports betting being <laughs> right. Because it's more instant gratification. Much more. Especially season long fantasy yeah, sports. Yeah, I do now, think now there, were, there were there were le- there were a lot of hardcore nerds that like fantasy for that purpose, but there was a lot more people that did it because it was something to gamble on and they couldn't legally gamble any other way. Yes. So I don't think that group is going to be the people that like around. action, like the the people that have their own side bets with other teams every sure. single game because sure. you're like, oh no, I have instant action. All right. Uh, so I'm going to ask you this question back, um, Nick. There is a a very famous uh, song that's often sung in Spanish about a bug. About a bug. About a bug. Okay. All right. Now my question is. <laughs> Do you know what the name of this song is that was sung by Pancho Villa's troops during the Mexican Revolution about this bug that walked funny because it did not get marijuana to smoke? So the lack of marijuana caused the bug to walk funny? Correct. That is the premise of said song, which I did not know, and it's a song that virtually everybody knows. Virtually everybody knows this song. Everybody knows this song. You sing it like a, when you're a little kid, and I don't think anybody has ever looked into what this song is Do about. Do I sing it in Spanish? Yes. I sing this song in Spanish as a little kid. Yes. I fear as though my brain is fried. <laughs> literally nothing You literally were in 98-degree heat in a suit. So, or yes. actually, you were smart enough to wear uh, a I had long board. pants you on. You had long pants on, but still. <sighs> yeah, we're sitting on the boardwalk. The sun, 85 degrees. It's the like sun nice is... breeze. There's no tarp set up to block the sun or anything nope. like that. And the guy at the podium is talking about, could you think of any place better to hold a press conference than right here it's like the on air the historical boardwalk? And I'm like, yes, right through that <laughs> wall <laughs> right over where there's there, air conditioning. Where there's air conditioning. And that's a much better the place. The sweat on my back <laughs> is telling me <laughs> that telling inside. Me, I don't care that the ocean is right there. Yeah, didn't have Am to Am I in a bathing there. suit? <laughs> no. No. All right. Uh, I don't know. I got nothing. 
can't think. Dun, 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 Nothing. La cucaracha. La cucaracha. Yeah. I wasn't getting there today. La cucaracha is about. I have a hard enough time. Is about a roach that walks funny because it does not have marijuana to smoke. Wow. So marijuana. That much of the culture in Mexico, even back in the Where does the term in pot culture come from? This song. A roach. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. That's the, the term a roach comes yes. from La Cucaracha? Yes. The song about the wow. cockroach that couldn't get stoned, so it walked weird. How do we not know that before? I today? don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> that's what I stuff, work on. How does this stuff that's what I do us. all week. You don't understand. I find these things out, and I don't under, I'm like, I want to know where that came I mean, from. How many what does that mean? Filthy, dirty roaches have you seen sitting in an ashtray, and it never occurred? I wonder where the... I just, I just, lo- just, I just love, like that filthy, a, I love that as a roach. car horn. <laughs> yeah, is that... Uh, La Cucaracha. What is Al Chervik's car horn? It's close to that. Might be that. Might be, I think it might it be La Cucaracha. I think Al Chervik might have La Cucaracha. Well, you just said car horn. I was like, wait yeah. a second. Is that his? I know. Go back and we got to go look. That's a trivia question for the future. Yeah. <laughs> the tune of you know, we've, we've done an entire Caddyshack quiz, and we've never asked that. So that's an interesting Oh, yeah. I, mean, I never even thought right, of it. Right. I've seen that movie a hundred times, and I never even really put oh, it totally. down. All right. So what else uh, got, or do you want to move on to sports? I got one for you. I got a bonus okay. general knowledge before we move on to sports that I like a lot. This is a two-answer question, 10 points for each correct answer. And we don't do these often, but it's where you got to sort of get the first one to get the second one. Okay. Okay. Name the writer of the first detective story, and for an extra 10 points, name the story. Really tough bonus here because, you know, I like to make the bonuses tough, but give me the author, the writer of the first detective story, and an extra 10 points for the story. So my guess is Sherlock Holmes is the first detective story. It's the farthest back I can get. So if it ain't him, just tell me because then I'm. This predates. Predates Sherlock Holmes. So you're thinking of Arthur Conan Doyle. Arthur Conan Doyle. Sir. He's definitely the most famous. But this this writer didn't have one single character throughout his stories. He wrote different stories. Like did Shakespeare do detective detective work? Post-Shakespeare. You know, was it the French guy? This guy's actually American. American, interesting. So Edgar Allan Poe? Yes. Oh, good for, okay. Edgar Allan Poe wrote the first detective story. That seems reasonable, because uh, didn't the Raven, like, didn't uh, our boy John Cusack try to do, like, an interpretation of the Raven where yeah. he was kind of like like a like a detective? Yeah. Yeah. So is that it? Is it the Raven? No, the, the, the Raven is a heart? poem. The Telltale Heart is Edgar Allan Poe, but it's not really a detective story. Well, it's about sort of a, guy a guy going g- insane in his own house. Because he killed somebody and put the heart in the floor. Yeah. Right, So, but wasn't somebody well, I'm after him? Well, not sure him? if this story was before that story. Okay. What's the story, you know? Murders in the Rue Morgue. Yeah, I never would have gotten that. Yeah. But good for, uh, that's where the Baltimore Ravens get their name. Yeah. Edgar Allan Poe was from Baltimore. You grew that up was, that? That was one of the ones that they made us read in, uh, I don't know, seventh grade or something like that when you first started. Yeah, you know, early literature. I, I learned something serious, like uh, interesting about literature, and this will be the last general knowledge before we move on to sports. You know, the uh, I get uh, see how I phrase this in a uh, all right. Simply put, what Ray Bradbury book featured uh, focused on sen- government censorship? 
Yeah, Fahrenheit four fifty one. Absolutely. Okay. So here's I just wanted to get that so that I could get to this okay. this conversation. Did you know in that it was not that there was an oppressive dictatorship that caused everybody to have their books burned? Do you know what caused people to want their books burned? To get the devil? I mean, to get the no, devil it wasn't out of religious. Them or People had an insanely short attention span developed. And they had such a short attention span that they didn't want to be offended by anything. So books were deemed too long and too potentially offensive for basically everybody to the point where if you're going to write a book, it's going to offend somebody so that you're not allowed to write that much. So the people demanded every book be burned because their attention spans were uh, attention spans were so short. They wanted everything done in a in a small segment delivered directly to you with no controversy. Oh, kind of like Twitter? <laughs> kind of like social media. It's kind of like social media? Yeah, that's right. That's what I mean. 141 characters right. or less? Or and like, and you're not allowed to have an opinion, and you're not allowed to go into any detail, and you're not allowed to do anything. And I was like, it wasn't the government that did it. The people demanded that the government do it. Hmm. So it's an interesting thing. Like, it's worth a reread. Of Fahrenheit 451, which, of course, is the temperature that paper, paper burns. burns. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to sports. Okay. Yeah. You want one? Yes. I love this because I feel like I'm going to give you five guesses and you're not going to get it. And it's something in your wheelhouse. Okay. You're going to be, be surprised to hear the answer to this. What Major League Baseball team just became the fastest in history to 200 home runs. What Major League Baseball team just became the fastest in history to hit 200? The Brewers? Nope. Ooh. <clears throat> They've been on a tear. Been hitting a lot of home runs. I mean, you want to hear some of these? No this is from one team. It's not even... I mean, it's trade deadline today. Right. 18 home runs, 16 home runs, 18 home runs, 16 home runs, 22 home runs, 12, 10, 26, 28, 19... Ten, all on the same team. Ball's not juiced, Drew. No, it's they, juiced. They keep telling us the ball's not juiced. They're juiced. And this team, like I said, dude, you, you got four more guesses. Uh, I'm not going to get it because I'm no. just not following it. I'm just yeah, not following what's just, going on. Who is it? The Minnesota Twins. Oh, the fastest in history. Not the Murderers Row. Are Yankees. they still playing? The Minnesota Twins have hit 200 combined. Are they even in first place? Are they having a good year? They are in first place. They're a game and a half ahead of Cleveland, good. who I bet largely on to win the uh, Central. So I'm rooting for. I'm pulling against. <laughs> I'm rooting against uh, the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, I like that question about that being the only division where everyone's won a championship. Yeah, you know? yeah that was a very uh, good one. Only the best team in my game last night got that right. The one I didn't ask you. Uh, is the no offense to the other teams is the <laughs> but you know that that's the best sports team. Yes, the question that I had to choose between to not ask you last week that I saved for this week is: Can you give me the NFL division that at one point in time had three Super Bowl MVPs starting in the same division? I saw it already. Oh, you saw it already. Yeah. Okay, so that was but it. The... Is the NFC East? Yes, and the tough one there is Rippin. Yes, yes, I figured it would because Doug Williams. <laughs> I don't even know that he won the Super Bowl MVP. He might. I have, don't know if he did or not. But, but but he wasn't even starting on the Redskins within a year or two of that because he was a backup. I think I would have got it, but I just where don't, else? Are you I just don't go? know exactly. Right, it would have right. been hard to go anywhere else. All right. That. So this is the better question I could ask you. Um, these are just things that happen in my personal life, so it's funny that they can make for an actual trivia question. But can you tell me which ex Penn State linebacker and Jacksonville Jaguar? 
is now an aircraft mechanic. What? <laughs> is it Paul Pazluz? Yes! He's an airport mechanic? What? Did he so make Nick, $100 million so in Nick, his career? Very recently, Paul and I connected There's on no LinkedIn offense. because we were both Wharton grads. He just got a, an MBA. He oh, then went to that. he went to an aeronautics school to become an airport mechanic. How old is he? I, I mean, not a, younger like, than us. Yes, he's like ten years yeah, younger than us. He's like thirty-two, and he's already he's, out of the league that long that he went to Wharton and got a job. And yeah, he is an oh aircraft mechanic in Jacksonville. Where do these people so get folks, this motivation folks, from? I mean, could you imagine? Folks, your airplane is being taken care of by Paul Puslesny, who, well, by the way, does not have a, Yes, he has no neck. The no, he has no neck. Has no neck. He has no neck. No neck. There's no neck. Zero neck. It's a battering ram. It's 100% <laughs> football, that guy, but he can fix your plane now. Can you imagine finishing up your whole... Uh, is, is that awesome, quarter, though? Like, where is he at? Linebacker all time. I mean, the guy's... He's one of the great college linebackers ever, that's for sure. His I mean, NFL he, career didn't uh, live yeah, up to his... Injures. Injuries. Okay. He, he was injured a lot, but, I mean... A Pro Bowl linebacker that... right into Wharton. Uh, I mean... You see that, and you're no, like, good for him. He might have got out in time where he still got his brain. Still got that old ticker up there, but yeah. Lesney doing things. My I just man, saw that uh, that Dolphins linebacker who just passed away. Yeah, Nick sorry, Bonacotti. Nick Bonacotti, one of the. Toasters. He's donating his brain. Yes. Okay. Well, there you go. One of the toasters. Well, you heard Joe Namath talk about the fact that like he did this hyperbaric chamber uh, uh, therapy for like 50 dives, and now he's like feels fine. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> so They're figuring it out. Yeah, figure it out, buddy. If they got something, use it. So, all right, what do you got, Nick? Go sports on me. The last time the Cleveland Browns won a playoff game, who was their head coach? Holy the Lord. last time the Cleveland Browns won a playoff game, who was their head coach? Wow. So, I could tell you who the quarterback was easier than their head coach, Bernie Kosar. I don't remember who the coach was. Bill Belichick. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he was Kozar's coach th- when they no, were. He was, no, was Kozar there in 94? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. All right, I didn't realize Kozar was still there in 94. Uh, let's see. Because uh, that was their last 25 years ago, Bill Belichick. <laughs> Which is always funny because they say, like, you know, Bill didn't make it in Cleveland. When people talk about Brady being like the reason Belichick's so good, they were eleven and five that yeah, year. They were, the last time the he didn't win because he was in Cleveland. You know what I mean? Like right. the last time they won a playoff game, Bill Belichick was their head coach. Yeah, like, twenty five years since nobody's been able to manage a playoff win. Oh my God, that's the best, dude! So listen to who their three quarterbacks. Okay, they did not have. Uh, yeah, Kozar was out no, by then. Vinny Testaverde, right? Mark Rippin. And Brad Goble. <laughs> so there you go. Yep. Leroy Horde. Remember that name? Love some of these names. I love Leroy Horde. Mark Carrier. Michael Jackson, who is the last, oh, yeah. uh, the <laughs> the last, last Raven. Raven. Because he no, came to the Ravens when he was with the Browns. There you go. Wow, that's crazy. Keenan McCardell was on that team. And Rico Smith. Everybody loves Rico Smith. All right. Uh, geography, history. I got one more for you. Okay, go for it. What team has the easiest schedule uh, this year in uh, the NFL? 2019, what team has the easiest schedule this year in the NFL? So this is based on the winning percentage of the teams from last year. What team has the 
easy to schedule. But you have to factor in the division. Because they play each team twice. Right. So it's like I want to say Cardinals because the division, but then you look it around and it's not that easy because the Super Bowl, you know, uh, runner-up yeah, was in there and then they got to play Seattle twice. Mm-hmm. And uh, Plus they also have to play an AFC division and an NFC division so you don't know if there's a good division or a bad division. division. So it's not that cut and dry. The funny thing about this question is... It, is, is it offensive because they're so good and they Well, it's the exact opposite of what you just said. So think about that. Right, the exact opposite. They're, they're in a very bad division. That's what you're saying? I'm saying they have the easiest schedule, so if they play their division twice... Right. I'm also saying you thought of the worst team, thinking, of course, the I'm worst team... I'm thinking the AFC East has the team because somebody's playing the Jets, Bills, and Dolphins twice. Well, who's that team? The Patriots. The Super Bowl champion Patriots have the easiest schedule in the NFL this year. Is that, <laughs> of course just, they do. Just think of that. Of course they do. <laughs> but you know what, though? It means that I have an easy schedule, too. That's all I can say. Because I, I was looking at their over-under wins, and it was 11 and a half, and I'm like, how is it that high? Their quarterback is 42 years I'm gonna, old. I'm just going to keep naming old Cleveland Browns. Rick Lyle, I, Michael <laughs> Dean Perry, Anthony Pleasant. Who's got the easiest schedule this year? You know, it's funny. Half of, this team, half of this team ended up on the Jets eventually. This Cleveland team that <laughs> made the playoffs because when they all came with Parcells, like... It sounds Rick, like you're over there reminiscing. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, was yeah. 25 years ago. That's... Uh, uh, <laughs> Orlando Brown, Doug Dawson, remember Pepper Johnson? He's still he's still coaching. I want to know the guy who fired Belichick from Cleveland. That's really the Tom Tupa was the punter. Who's the guy who made the decision to fire Art Belichick? Modell. There you go. He's dead, right? Yeah, he's dead. Benny Testaverde. Oh my lord. I don't even know what to say about this. This is hard to hard to wrap my head around. Let's just folks. move on. Yeah, you just the the thing is with them, they've just beat me down for so long. I'm just tired of it. I'm just like, all right, yeah, I know. You're so great, Tom Well, Brady. when the Super Bowl champions know, ha- come back amazing. and have the easiest schedule in the NFL, you just think there's got to be something wrong with you're you. You're amazing, something wrong Tom with Brady. You're just the best ever. Although I love this picture. Like, at least Phillip Nick Rivers Saban age. has to That's go up against perfect. the SEC every year. So it's like if that guy keeps doing it, you know – He's doing it against the best teams. and the uh, Let's move on to geography history before I start to just literally cringe. Who I says think? you can't learn anything from uh, oh. reading the fish uh, biography? What's the largest city in Vermont? Burlington. Burlington. Yeah, it's not even close. Not the even second, close. The second largest city is a fish show, <laughs> whatever they play. <laughs> we were in the, we've been in the second largest city. It was that mud hole in Coventry. Oh, that right. was the, that was larger that was the than largest. that was the largest city yeah, in that Vermont was the at the moment it was happening. Oh, oh. I could still smell that. Yeah, there's place. M- way more cows and chickens than people, folks. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a state with way more cows and chickens. All right, I'm going to take you in a different direction completely. I would like to let uh, to wonder if you know the state that has the oldest existing McDonald's left in America. Now, this is a franchise that's been around forever. If you know anything about its history, you know where it was created. Uh, well, all right. So, I mean, I, I watched the movie The Founder. Was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, a big fan Keaton. of that film. Michael Keaton, right? He's I awesome. Love, love Michael Keaton. It's one of my favorites. And if Cro- I'm not mistaken, Croc bought it, right? Or Ray Kroc, he's the guy that bought it from the brothers. Sort of. it. I mean, really, what he did was it. he got the franchise rights right. and then kind of worked it out where he stole it. Uh, all right. Well, they were in California. The brothers, the McDonald brothers, were in California. 
But I want to say the first franchise that he opened was in Illinois. Is it neither California nor Illinois? It's one of those two. Okay. So I got it down to I got it down to there. Yep. Uh, well done. So read the question one more time because maybe there's the a clue oldest the existing McDonald's restaurant is in one st- in what state? The oldest existing. I want to say Illinois, California. Ah, the original. And it's crazy because it's still got the original sign, but everything else around the... it, yeah, everything else around it has been redeveloped, and it just it's it looks so awkward where it is now compared to the area. Like I, I Google Earthed it and like zoomed around, and they've like sort of renovated it, but they really couldn't because it was like a historic landmark. Yeah, you want to keep it like the original. Yeah, but like it looks stupid now because the other end is of it, it is a strip California? Mall. Does no. it say where in California? It yeah, is? it's uh, Downey, California, Downey. the town of Downey, California. So there's two of them in Downey. So make sure you look for the second one because the second one's nothing to look at. Yeah, it's pretty funny. There. So yeah, Croc was selling uh, blenders. Oh, or like milkshake making machines. Okay, door to door, like like one in his trunk, driving across the country trying to sell like blenders. And the McDonald's brothers called him and said like they needed twelve. And he was like twelve, ble- like nobody needed more than one. Right. How would you need 12? And because they came up with that system for making burgers so quick. So he pretty much stole the system yep. for how to make fast food burgers and then franchised it and became croc. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, throw a geography history. I, le- I have at least one more for you. Okay. I like this one. It's your wheelhouse, but we'll see if you can get there. What Ivy League school? Is in the nutmeg state. Okay, so I don't think this is what popular state nickname. Clearly not, because right. if I <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and you know there's only eight Ivy League schools, and so two of them are in the same right, state, so, so you can now work down to seven right, states, so which I know you can so do that. Fortunately, well, even more than that, I don't live in the nutmeg state. It's not New Jersey, because if it was so New you can Jersey, eliminate Princeton. Princeton. I, I, if, you if, also if, live if I had in the lived, state with two, right. Uh, so New York is, is, not, is the not, not the nutmeg the state, state, and it's also got two. So, so now you're can't down do it. to so, five. So Pennsylvania, I think I having lived next to this state my entire life, and its known nickname is the and Keystone you went State. Went to that school, so or in the can, Keystone yeah, Conference, I went to Penn. <laughs> yeah, that we're getting there. So four left. Uh, we're down to um, Boston for Harvard. I've never heard Massachusetts called the nutmeg state, but it could be. You never know. Uh, New Hampshire for Hanover, New Hampshire for Dartmouth. Now, there's a state I could. If, <laughs> if it was called the nutmeg state or the cherry state or the tree trunk state, I wouldn't know to save my life. So that's definitely on the list. Uh, Yale and Connecticut. Connecticut could easily be the nutmeg state. Seems very nutmegish to me. So those are your options. Um, well, you forgot about Rhode Island. Oh yeah, because of Brown University. I'm not saying that that's right. And, and, just right. saying it was but, one but of the But but I wouldn't know Rhode Island's nickname to save my life either. But it's not big enough to be a, a nutmeg. There's nothing that grows in Rhode Island. It's tiny, so I'm eliminating it. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Dartmouth. No, I thought you were gonna get this right. What uh, Harvard? Yale. Massachusetts. Yale. The nutmeg. Oh, Yale. Yeah. Connecticut. Connecticut's the nutmeg. The nutmeg okay. I mean, <laughs> right. But I had one of those two. I just I gave yeah. you I gave no, you the to options. To me, it was between. To, to me, it was between. Uh, I thought you would go between Dartmouth and Yale. 
Yeah, I was. Those were the two. Well, I, I eliminated Rhode Island, and I wasn't going to choose but when you uh, just talked through Harvard. It, I thought you said Connecticut could easily be the nutmeg. I thought you were leading towards. Yeah, yeah well, that's, I said I got a 50-50 in my head of uh, Connecticut versus New Hampshire. Yeah, Massachusetts has way too much history to be the nutmeg, nutmeg state. state. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's yeah. not Rhode Island no. because it's not big enough to do anything yeah, there. No. So, I mean, listen, hey, I, I showed my display of, of you know, the, the uh, Ivy League system, folks. It's not, you know. <laughs> I just don't know the nutmeg state, but I'll never forget right. it now. It's right. Connecticut. Connecticut is the nutmeg state. All right, Nick. Uh, I'm going to throw something totally not in your wheelhouse. We'll <sighs> see how you do. Right. What was the dominant Native American tribe in the state of Texas? The dominant Native American tribe in the state of Texas. You bet. Yeah, you really found what is not my wheelhouse, <laughs> which is Native American tribes. I didn't choose, like, a strange name. So I don't know how much you know about any of them, but, like, yeah, I, okay. I didn't give it's, you, it's like... It's not obscure. It's not Chickta! Or, like, yeah, you know, yeah, something yeah, yeah. where you were like, ah, oh, come on, gotcha. Like, what are you doing? So it's... If, if my, my first If thought, I had given you Florida, would you know? Yeah, the Seminoles. Right, so there you go. Now you're down one. It ain't them. Yeah, I... I'm just trying to think if there's a school name. I'm looking for a university with a nickname. Yeah, I'm surprised. Nothing. It's not. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I was I don't doing. think they have a fond memory of uh, their times with Native Americans. So I, I'll just say the Apaches. Boom! Nick yes. nails it on a guess. I, that was my first, was my first guess yeah. the whole way was Apaches. I was, yeah, I was kind of thinking, sure. though, how come there's not a, all those Texas universities? How come there isn't an Apache? Right? It, wouldn't it seem like, uh, yeah, no. They, but like you said, not fond memories. No. <laughs> The Apaches were, they still fight? were they widespread, still but uh, yeah, that's uh, so. There you go. Uh, all right, let's move on to entertainment. Um, Lights out with what comedian debuted on Comedy Central for the first I, time? I know this. Oh, okay. I know this. It was that little guy that you know just, just rode a rode, guy. rode uh, you He rode Chris Farley's fun. coattails all the way to fame. Oh, what the heck is that guy's name? Fun. Just that that whiny. Oh uh, my! You are Sailor's friend. Oh. <laughs> Not Dana Carvey. Uh, listen, Dave. I'm sorry. I'm, I know he's doing listen, this to just piss you off. That's just a joke. It's just a joke. Okay. It's just a joke. Okay. It's a joke. Okay. David Spade. He's done I, more I in this love, industry than you will you do in a million a, years, a my friend. He listens to this podcast, and you're going to disrespect him that kidding. way. He knows it. I know. All right. Well, yes, David Spade. Yes. Okay. Just, I love what he called Gary Benji. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Benji. He's like, by, the, yeah, by the way, um, yeah, Carson retired in May of 1992. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Benji. Benji. Uh, <laughs> he, the best part about him on Stern is how much he gets the show. Yeah, he, he's you can, he's, tell, he's, he can he's, tell he tells stories forever. Did you hear the Farley story? The uh, dog said the dog named Farley that wasn't yeah. even named Farley. <laughs> That's great. Farley. The best is a story about Jack stealing his girlfriend. Oh, uh, I can listen to his stuff all day. He's, he's my favorite. But did you watch the show? Have you seen it yet? Lights Out? Yeah, Lights Out. No, I don't watch that kind of stuff. It's awesome. Yeah? You'll love it. And here's why I love it. Number one. Send me any clips that you see that are great. Uh, you can just you know. download the Comedy Central app and watch it for free. It's all free. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to watch a whole show. No, but it, the monologue's funny, and it goes, the whole show's 22 minutes. So it's incredibly short. Um the, the thing that I like about the format is, number one, you get exposed to a bunch of stand-up comics that you would otherwise never know, and some of them are very funny. And two, no politics. So the show is totally no politics. 
So it's all like him commenting on news stories of the day, but like stuff that happened on Instagram and like, you know, things that are pop culture. And finally, like, I don't have to listen to four people. Well, bash. every late night show, it's just, it's just, I can't listen to it. It's just too I much. Can't listen to it's just, I, it's just enough. So no. it, this is a refreshing break, and I give it a uh, hearty endorsement. It's funny. Uh, Amy Schumer uh, breastfed her child live on uh, the first or the, the second episode, but then they flash. She's like, that's a, so supporting. Spade, wait, Spade goes, can I? Can we get a peek? Can we get a peek? <laughs> so so Schumer goes, all right, I wouldn't normally, but since it's cable and they're going to be able to edit this out, and they they pan down. And it was David Tell's head. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "What are you That's doing? Funny. Why are you stopping it?" <laughs> you see? That's funny. Yeah, yeah, they got a good laugh. Sorry to ruin well, your I love joke. Amy so. And and David Tell. I got, I got a lot of uh, entertainment, so fire away. All right, can you tell me what movie gave Quentin Tarantino his biggest opening weekend? This what? one. Uh, yeah, this Once one. Upon a Time in Hollywood. I heard it was huge. I can't wait to see it. Don't spoil anything. I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, I haven't seen it yet either. I yeah, can't wait. The problem is that the last showing is at 9 o'clock. I can't get there. Oh, you know, okay. Like I in work general, yeah. I'm yeah, going on I'm, vacation I'm not... in a couple of weeks, so I'm saving it for that. Yeah. It'll it'll still be in theaters in there. And nah, I heard it's, I heard it's yeah. great. It did $40 million, which I was surprised. Good for I guess him. I'm used to these comic book movies. Yeah, but that's huge for him. Oh, because for what, what's original? the budget? $100 million. His budget was $100 million? $100 million well, talent. Well, so. plus, I mean, he spares no expense. No. I mean, he spends five years right or whatever, yeah, four years sure. right these things. And well, he's got such a great cast. I just this cast is unbelievable. So <laughs> I, I can't wait to can't wait to see it. Um, all right, speaking of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, do you know the name of the most famous bar in Santa Monica from 1977? Santa Monica's most famous fictional bar from 1977, established in 1977, uh, I should say. Uh, what is Santa uh, right, Monica's right. most famous fictional bar established in 1977? The Regal Beagle? The Regal Beagle! <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did not know it was established in 1977. Nick, it's a home run, folks. <laughs> Out of the park. Oof. 1977. Conjured that one up. The Regal Freaking Wait, can we go Beagle. home now? <laughs> no, like, I got I two more. I got yeah. two more gems. I, I can't I, let you off I, that I got, easy. I, I got one for you here. What was the last? This is so your wheelhouse. It's not even fair. Okay. What was the last John Hughes and Molly more, Ringwald film? More my wheelhouse than La Cucaracha. <laughs> um, let's see, John. Hughes. I can't think in the Spanish language. That, that's my problem. That's my problem. I cannot think. I cannot I, um, think. The last John Hughes and Molly Ringwald movie. I just have to see if I'm going to say Pretty in Pink came out after Breakfast Club. I'm going to go with Pretty in Pink. You got it. There you go. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to. I was trying to put them in order. Yeah. No, you got it. Yeah. Pretty in Pink. So, no, the, well, the first one is six. Uh, yes. Uh, Sixteen Candles. Right. Then Breakfast Club. Then Pretty in Pink. Yep. Which had Ducky, who I had the nickname following John Cryer my whole life because I looked a lot like John Cryer. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> a canny amount like John <laughs> a canny Cryer. Canny amount. I'll, it's I'll, as if he was here with me now. <laughs> it's as if he was the other co-host of this podcast. Shout and out then, to you too, John. And a lot I mean, of times I when like people it. are young and look alike, and then they'll grow up and look differently, and no, somehow kinda, we, like, we kind of looking like uh, in that John other show. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. no, yeah she's pretty much looks like, like the same dude from Two and a Half Men, just a little fatter. Um, all right, so this is a really, really interesting question because there's a lot of levels to it, and it, it happened to be some uh, a band that before Fish was a personal favorite of mine, right? Um, Wait, before Fish? 
So that means like yeah. after Fish, no, you found I mean, Fish, you no longer liked this band? No, it was more like this is that side of my liking that's like pop rocks. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, it's that just It was like when you're listening to, to that prog rock of the late 80s. Thoughtless. The and the just and then, thoughtless, gotcha. poppy. Gotcha. I don't even want to put any thought into it. Now I understand. Yeah. It's not it, of the same ilk as Fish. No, and, right. no. It, it fills a completely different... Uh, level, but this was the best of those it was bands. Like poison ever. for me before yeah, I, I, I've seen Poison down. live a whole bunch of times. Yeah. These guys, though, I didn't realize the level they were at. All right, so two things. Number one, this band just reunited. Okay, they hadn't been together in eleven years, and they are also the last band to have a double diamond certified album. Okay, now how rare is double diamond certified? It hasn't happened this century yet. It hasn't happened since the 90s. Yes. Okay. So who's the band? What band so is the last? So they sold 20 million? 20 million copies. No album released this century has achieved such a feat. Yeah, 20 million sold. I got you there. I'm just trying to, just trying to think to myself... And I'll give you... I could give you a clue. The fact that they were one of your favorite bands, I wonder... And I could give you a clue. The lead singer, Solo, has recorded seven number one singles. Hmm. So he left the band. Yep. Were those seven number one singles all done within the last 11 years since the band was together, or was that over the course? No, of it was over the course of the last 20. Okay. I can't tell you too much more about and those. And they just got back together. Yes. In fact, they sold out Camden. I got it. Well, now I got it. Oh, because they sold out Camden did it? Really? That's what did it. That's what did it? Oh, that's a shame. Uh, Well, the lead singer, Hootie. Yes, Darius Rucker. Darius Darius Rucker. Rucker. But they were seven number one country singles. Creaked. Rear, cracked rear view. You got the it. The album. last double diamond recorded album for Hootie and the Blowfish. That is some album, man. 20 million sold. I remember when that album was out and I was in a trailer uh, working and this guy was, you know, probably 40 years old at the time. And I was like, man, this Hootie and the Blowfish, man, they're like the biggest thing. And he's like, the biggest thing, the Stones, that's something big. These guys came up with one album, and then you'll never hear from them again. I'm like, <laughs> dude, this album is the biggest, they're, they're going to be huge. And he's like, they got one album in them, trust me, and you'll, you'll never, never hear, hear from, again. from again. And I was like, Boy, was that guy prophetic. <laughs> 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 they had a couple more. They they had no, uh, they had it. one album came out. Oh there was yeah, a song on it and it bombed. And then there was like one. No, nah, they had a couple of good songs, but they were nothing compared. Like this was such it a fell off a cliff. Mega they were album. so bad he had to change his name from Hootie. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? but he's been insanely successful as a country singer. So yeah, I mean, I like that song Radio actually. All right, you want you want to you want to end it on my favorite song from Crack Review? Yeah, I got one question? more question for you, I Kay. guess, and then we'll wrap it up. Yep, yep. All right. Can you tell me Barbara Streisand's highest grossing film? What was Barbara God, Streisand's Yentl. No. highest oh, I actually should know the film. answer to this. Uh, does uh, Meet the Parents count? Or Meet the Fockers? Meet the Fockers. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> All right. Here we Good go. Job. Yeah, I was I like, wait a minute. that was funny. Not, yeah, not old stuff. Her illustrious not, not career. Any of your, her highest any of grossing your... film is Meet no. the Fockers. No, no. All right. <laughs> Hootie it out, baby. 
This has been the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. Visit us online at quizzopodcast.com for more information.